Your news programme every morning with up-to-the-minute news and extensive analysis of issues from Korea and abroad. This morning with Alex Jensen on TBS EFM. So the question we're asking is, will the United States raise its interest rates this year? And uh, there had been speculation the Fed could go with that decision as early as September. Uh, however, New York Fed President William Dudley in comments this week suggested that it would be premature to rule out a policy tightening in 2016. Uh, however, negative shocks were more likely than positive ones and that uh, he indicated uh, with other comments that uh, really we shouldn't be holding our breath for a hike in the interest rate. Let's bring in Professor Richard Cooper from the Department of Economics at Harvard University, also served as Undersecretary of State for Economic Affairs in the United States government. Good morning to you from Seoul. Good morning. How are you? Good. Thanks for taking the time. I've just been reading over the comments this week from William Dudley, how much can we read into them? He is seen as a close ally, isn't he, of the Fed's chair, Janet Yellen? I, uh, uh, I don't want to comment on how close uh, members of the Open Market Committee are. I will just express my uh, continuing amusement at the whole industry worldwide of Fed watching <laughs> and guessing uh, about what the Fed will and what it will not do. Uh, and so I don't attach any special importance to statements by any particular member of the Open Market Committee. Dudley is the vice chairman of that committee. Uh, but uh, they make a collective decision when they meet every six weeks, and they can, if, if appropriate, meet more often than that. And they base their decision on all the information that's available to them at the time. Mm. And with a few minor exceptions, all that information is available to everyone else these days. Yeah. So uh, watch the American economy. If the American economy shows sign of uh, accelerating inflation or uh, accelerating unemployment, uh, both of those are things that the Open Market Committee takes into account in making its decisions. And uh, uh, it's just a guessing game, including, by the way, for members of the Open Market Committee until the meeting approaches. Uh, each one goes within, in with his, his or her own views of where the economy is, but then there's extensive briefing by the staff and extensive discussion by members of the committee and, of course, opinions get influenced both by the latest staff reports and by opinions of other committee members. And um, yeah. so we'll know when we know. Well, if we may indulge the speculation just a little bit, what we do know from, from Dudley, he was speaking, by the way, if anyone's interested, at a news conference in Indonesia yesterday. And... Um, you know, he cited various factors, the U.S. election coming up in November, the fact that monetary policy at the moment is only moderately accommodative to directly quote, the fact that, again, to directly quote, U.S. financial conditions have been influenced by factors abroad and also uh, risk management considerations. All these things put together paint a picture of caution, don't they? Uh, I think caution is in order. 
but caution does not typically mean no change. What about Brexit? <laughs> the B word. Has, has that changed uh, or influenced the Fed's plans? Or do you think they've monitored what's been going on in the last few weeks and thought, well, uh, nothing's immediately happening on that? We saw the outcome of the referendum and, uh, and we can't allow the world to be dominated by that um, in, in a period of limbo. Well, remember that the Federal Reserve is supposed to focus on the American economy. Obviously, the American economy, like every other economy, is influenced by events in the rest of the world. But they have to assess what the magnitude of that influence will be. And I think that uh, in terms of first-order effects, the magnitude of the referendum in Britain uh, on, uh, of the effect on the U.S. economy will be basically second-order, not, not zero. Uh, and to the extent that there is some effect, probably negative, not least because of the extensive depreciation of the pound and the slowdown in the British economy. Um, but it's a second-order effect uh, in contrast to some of Britain's other trading partners where it's really a first-order effect. Yeah. Well, I know I got a shock when I changed some uh, British pounds into Korean won yesterday, <laughs> as continues right. to be a problem for well, many of us. Anyone who... That's right. Exchange rates uh, respond rapidly to any new news, uh, mm. even if they sometimes later reverse themselves. Now, and it shouldn't really have been a shock, of course, because this situation has been like that now for weeks. As, as far as um, the impact on Korea is concerned, I know you were just here for a conference in Seoul last month. I'm curious what you think um, of the Korean economy and, and its own vulnerability to either a well, a, I was in, a hike. I was in Korea mm. for <laughs> for less than 36 hours, and I think you have to be in an economy for at least 72 hours before you should have any confidence in your own opinion on it. Uh, well, thank so you for your honesty, but the, <laughs> but do you think we should be worried about a rate hike? Uh, well. My point about a rate in the U.S. you're talking yes. about. Well, the key point, uh, which I made when I was in Korea, about a rate hike is that you cannot ignore the context of the rate hike, and the rates are more likely to be hiked the stronger is the American economy. And so as you think about a rate hike, you have to think about it in the context of a stronger American economy. And uh, so there will be a mixture of effects, uh, positive ones typically on Korean exports, uh, negative ones perhaps on financial inflows into Korea. Uh, but the point is that the effects will not be one-sided. And uh, that's the key point to keep in mind. Do not think of a rate hike in isolation of other things that are happening. Okay. In I mean, particular, no. if we're talking about the Federal Reserve, think about a rate hike in the context of the view of the Fed of a stronger American economy. So we, we should ignore the jitters in the market over you know, question marks as to what the Fed's going to do. That's not really a, a well, firm indicator. Uh, 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 whether you should ignore the jitters in the market depends on what your interests are and, yeah, and so forth. If you're a person in the market... Uh, heavily, you have to pay attention to jitters in the market, whatever their source. But if you're an ordinary citizen, my advice is, yes, ignore the jitters in the market. Right. Yeah, I mean, my question was mainly based for ordinary citizens. 
partly based on the fact that if anyone's in the market, they, they will have been giving this a lot of thought, I'm sure, <laughs> regardless of our interview today. And I'd like to ask you as well about something that you were here to talk about in Seoul last month, something that I, I guess you can claim expertise in, the paradox of financial crises. Can you introduce briefly that for us? Well, what I said at the conference is that I think uh, the 2008 financial crisis, which was exceptionally harmful and exceptionally large, is not the last financial crisis we'll see. That, in fact, uh, financial crises are part of the modern system of capitalism. And the challenge for policymakers, I think, is not to eliminate financial crises, but to uh, ensure that the damage they do to the real economy is limited, to limit their damage and to contain them, so to speak. So that's the basic uh, proposition. And then the question is, why are crises intrinsic? And the answer, the generic answer, is that uh, uh, financial institutions, trusted financial institutions, think of deposit-taking banks, uh, have to be regulated for a variety of reasons. The regulations create arbitrage opportunities for making money. Gradually, clever lawyers and financiers will find uh, ways to arbitrage around the regulations. Uh, astute, foresighted, and empowered regulators could keep up with that process, but in a democracy, that's extremely difficult to do. Uh, it means, as uh, a former Fed chairman put it, taking away the punch bowl just as the party really gets going, <laughs> takes enormous political courage to do that. And uh, therefore, we have to have a minor crisis, hopefully minor crisis, in order to get the attention of the uh, politicians, both uh, executive and legislatures, uh, to realize that we have to change the regulations. Right. Got to let, let a little on, bit of steam, steam out without project. removing the punch bowl completely. <laughs> if I can mix metaphors. Yeah. We, we've got to leave it there, um, Professor Cooper, but it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the line with us with your expertise. It sounds like you're urging us not to uh, play too much of a guessing game in conclusion, but to uh, watch what happens with the Fed. That's correct, and, and to watch the, the real economic variables. Well, well, again, thank you, and we'll look forward to catching up with you again, hopefully at some point in the future. Thank you for having me. Professor Richard Cooper from the Department of Economics at Harvard University, also having served as Undersecretary of State for Economic Affairs within the U.S. government. Uh, our email is open for you if you want to have your say on this, EFM this morning at gmail.com. We were referring there to, before to market insiders as well. So if you do have an in position on this and you want to share that with us or, or you want to share your concerns one way or the other as to what the U.S. is going to do next and how that's likely to affect you and maybe share that insight with those of us who are not directly involved, you can text us, pound or sharp 1013 for 51 per message. Now, we're going to have a few minutes.